Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. What's up, guys? It's Adrienne. I just wanted to hop on here real quick and let you know that this episode was recorded last year uh, in May or June of 2022, right before I moved from Minneapolis to Chicago. I make a couple outdated references in here, so just wanted to give you guys a heads up, but this is still a really wonderful, relevant, entertaining episode, and I hope you enjoy. Okay, let's go. Welcome to Nursing Uncensored. We are back today to talk about more positive things in nursing because goodness knows we have had our fair share of trials and tribulations over these last few years. So today I am very excited to bring to all of you Donna Cardillo, who is known as the inspiration nurse, because we all need a little inspiration, right? She's a powerhouse of energy, wisdom, humor. She's been referred to as a positive force of nature who lights a path for others to follow. She's the original Dear Donna columnist at nurse.com. Her accomplished career combines over 25 years of clinical management managerial and business experience, not to mention her stint as a professional singer. And I need to ask about that. So we'll come, we'll circle back around to that. Donna is the author of four books, including the award-winning Falling Together, How to Find Balance, Joy, and Meaningful Change When Your Life Seems to Be Falling Apart. She's a certified meditation teacher, a labyrinth facilitator. I don't know what that is. So we're going to talk about that too. A Reiki master, a certified forest therapist, guide and Donna is also a lifelong Jersey girl with attitude and chutzpah to spare. I love a good you said that well yes thank you Donna welcome to the show I'm so delighted to have you here today thank you my pleasure to be with you today in your audience excellent well already I have a million questions for you but I would love to start out with you telling us a little bit more about yourself Yeah, sure. So I've been a nurse for a long time, for several decades, and it has just been the joy of my life. There is not ever been one day that I have ever regretted my choice or not learned something new or didn't know that I was making an enormous difference in the world. So nursing is a big, wide world, and I have taken advantage of all of that, and I'm sure there's still more out there as well. I did start out years ago in a traditional, actually hospital-based diploma program, which is something many of us did years ago, and I started out working in psychiatric hospitals and the emergency room. I loved both of those specialties, and I imagine that that's what I would do with all of my career because Many nurses just see opportunities in the traditional hospital setting, but I was completely unaware at that time of all the other opportunities that were out there. And I I never moved from the hospital because I didn't like the hospital, not at all. On the contrary, I had moved at some point, tried to find another job in a hospital in an emergency room, couldn't find the shift I wanted, and began to explore other possibilities for myself through 
classified advertising. So I wound up initially outside of the hospital working in a medical weight control center. And that was where I had my first management position. I started to learn all the transferable skills I had as a registered nurse. From there, I went on to work I can't even always remember the order of things. I did quite a few things back then, but I worked for the Stanley Kaplan company that has test prep for nurses to take nursing boards. I worked for a hospital in charge of quality improvement, utilization review, and risk management. In fact, the DRG system, which was introduced in this country in the 1980s as a revolutionary way of hospital billing, I was one of the first DRG coordinators in the country. And if you're not familiar with DRGs, you or your audience, that's okay. Stands for Diagnostic Related Groups. You could always look it up and find out more about it. And then I also worked for a health maintenance organization. When managed care was getting big in this country, I was interested in learning more about that. And I did that for a time as well. And for the last 27 years now, I have been self-employed as a nurse. I'm a nurse entrepreneur. And I started my business 27 years ago doing public seminars for nurses on non-traditional career opportunities called career alternatives for nurses, because I discovered purely by by chance, that there's a wide array of opportunities for nurses, both in and out of the hospital. And I became aware that the average nurse wasn't aware of those opportunities, nor did the average nurse, at least at that time, and still pretty much today, know how to market themselves well. You know, creating a great resume, going on interviews, and really selling themselves, advocating for themselves and their their skill set, and so on. And so, my business has evolved in 27 years from doing public seminars for nurses. And by the way, that seminar, Career Alternatives for Nurses, I don't present that live anymore, but I do have that available in an audio download on my website so people can still get that information. So then over the years, my business evolved and I am now today primarily a keynote or a featured speaker at nursing conferences and conventions, at hospitals and healthcare organizations. I have since written four books, as you mentioned in my introduction, three of them are for nurses, career and professional development. We we can talk about that a little bit more later. And I also do retreats today for nurses. I do a retreat called Empowered Nurse Enlightened Practice. And I do those retreats. Those are usually weekend long retreats that I do either at luxury resorts or I do at some more low key retreat centers, depending on the location. So I kind of offer a little something for everybody. So that's a quick overview. You are a perfect example of what really nursing can be and yeah. what nursing can do for you. That, And I think a lot of a lot of nurses do kind of fall into that mindset of like, if I want to be a real nurse, I have to work in a hospital. I have to do these, these and these things. And that's just not the case. Wonderful bedside experience can be had. And many people do choose to stay at the bedside. But there are so many opportunities. And I think that you are a perfect example of how you've got to let the current kind of take you and find the things that you're passionate about and that you love and that the sky is the limit. Did you ever see yourself as a keynote speaker when you first started as a brand new diploma nurse? Oh, gosh, absolutely. I never saw myself outside of the hospital. Exactly. Uh, 
And even when I started my business 27 years ago, I never imagined that I'd be doing any of the things that I'm doing today. And that's important because a lot of people feel that they need to have this clear vision of their future in order to move forward. But many of us can't have that clear vision because number one, we don't even know that something in particular exists. I had, first of all, I had no idea that people, any people, spoke for a living, that they would go around, travel around and speak at different events and people would pay them to be there. And it was, you know, certain a certain way of presenting, et cetera. I, I didn't even know that that existed until I don't even remember when many, many years later. And I, I remember the first time the first person I met who was a professional speaker was actually a nurse. We an organization that I was involved in had hired her to come speak at one of our annual conferences. And I picked her up at the airport. We had a chance to talk. And I said, wow, that I, I just had no idea. And I remember thinking at that moment in time, I didn't, I certainly still didn't think I would do that, but I thought, gee, that's, that's really cool. I don't know, maybe who knows, maybe that's something that I could do someday. So you really just have to get out there and talk to people, meet people, try different things because that's how you find out. Number one, you find out what's available. You find out what you're good at. And you find out what you enjoy doing. And those are all important things. So I always say you don't have to have a clear vision of the future. You just need to keep moving in a positive forward direction. And eventually the path will be illuminated for you. That's so hard for some people because we live in this culture that defines us by what we do, what we drive, what we wear, you know, who we identify as. And one thing that I've said many times and long-term listeners will have heard me say this before, the job that you someday cannot wait to wake up every day to do may not even exist yet. Well, that too, that too, that's that's a very good point. Yeah. But it's also true that as I've interviewed people through the podcast, I've learned about jobs that I didn't know existed mm-hmm. because there's just such a vast set of skills that nurses have and roles that we can fulfill. So I Definitely. think, that, yeah, Definitely. so you make a great point that you can't expect to see the well, crescendo the, the of your career. Or the, yeah. The crescendo or even the next step, you know, for example, Sometimes you'll hear a question asked, like, where do you see yourself five years from now? I don't mean on a job interview, but maybe a career coach will say, where do you see yourself five years from now? The truth is most people really don't, they don't have an image of where they want to be in five years. They're just not really sure that seems so far off. So, so that's what I'm trying to say. You don't necessarily, I mean, you can have a goal for five years. Some people may, great, fabulous. But if you don't, that's okay. You want to just keep moving in a positive forward direction. I have a very broad view of who a nurse is and what a nurse does. Many nurses have a very narrow view. That's not a criticism. That's just the nature of how we were, some, some, in some cases, how we were educated, but what our experience has been and the people that we know. If we're living in a very narrow world with our job, our friends, whatever, we don't necessarily see the big picture. The more I got out there and did different things, the, the bigger the world got and the bigger my vision got about nursing as well. And I always say nursing is the most diverse profession on the planet. It will take you literally anywhere you want to go. And we have a lot of people coming into nursing today from prior a career or careers. So they're bringing a very interesting skill set and work and life experience to nursing, which is phenomenal. And whether it's a background in psychology or in manufacturing or in welding, 
or being a train conductor, whatever it is, they're, they're, they bring all of that into the profession. And that is really helping to add a lot of texture and strength to our profession as well, which is Absolutely. very exciting. I did not get my ADN until I was 35 mm -hmm. and I'm now 41 and I consider myself to be at the very tip, the beginning of my career because there's so much that I want to do. Right. So many nurses are bringing other skill sets and other careers into like kind of the nursing world. One of the most compassionate nurses I've ever worked with was a nurse named Marsha and she was an IT. She worked in IT before she became a nurse. Mm -hmm. And she, I've seen some of the most fantastic nursing care I've seen at bedside done by this woman. Right. And so I think we, we would be, we would be foolish to limit ourselves. And I, I strive to, with this show, kind of as we talked a little bit about before we started recording, my goal is to just illuminate everything yeah. that nurses are doing because it's even news to me. I mean, even though I've worked in a hospital since 2005, every time I talk to someone new, I'm like, what's that? What do you mean? What is that job? I've never yeah. heard of that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really great. And I think that the more we listen to each other, I'm a big proponent of the collective knowledge of nurses. Nurses are in such a unique position to, to reach people and provide care, whether it be through direct hands-on care or like what you're doing, which is providing information, inspiration, motivation. Right. Um, so... I do want to kind of fall back for a second to the introduction that I that that I read for you. I am I'm so desperately curious to know what a labyrinth facilitator <laughs> is. So I don't want to derail too much, but I no, have no, no, to ask that question. That's okay. Well, you're not really derailing because the thing is, as I said, I have a very broad view of who a nurse is and what a nurse does, and we are all. Uh, we're healers, we're teachers, we're nurturers, and there are many ways and places to make a difference, as you just articulated. And we are, healing is at the heart of everything that I do and that any nurse does, no matter what role they have, no matter what they're doing, whether they sit behind a desk or they, they stand at the bedside, whatever that might be. So um, first of all, I'll tell you what a labyrinth is before I tell you what a labyrinth facilitator is. A labyrinth is an ancient spiritual tool and the exact origins of it are not even known. I encourage everybody to look it up. It's spelled L-A-B-Y-R-I-N-T-H, a little unusual spelling. And it's not a maze. A maze is kind of a fun, well, I don't think they're fun, but where you have to kind of try to find your way out, you go in and there are dead ends and whatever, and you, you find the path. A labyrinth is what's called unicur unicursal structure, which means there's only one path in and there's one path out. So you can't get lost per se in a labyrinth. You, and I'll explain the purpose in a moment, but there's an entrance, you walk in, eventually to the center, and then you walk back out on the same path. And the labyrinth is used in many different ways. It has been called a walking meditation or a process meditation because you're moving, but you do have to focus and be very much in the moment to make sure that your feet stay on the path because 
The path is not straight, it's curved. So you do have to pay attention to what you're doing. And there's a lot of metaphor in the labyrinth because our path in life is not straight, it's curved, goes in different directions. But at least in the labyrinth, as I said, you can't get lost. Although people do occasionally misstep in the labyrinth and then they have to find their way back, which you're either gonna go to the middle or you're gonna go to the outside. Lots of metaphor there for life. It's also, however, an opportunity to, you know, it's in a, well, labyrinths can be square and other shapes. Many of them are circular. There, there's a certain spiritual element to, to circles as well. So the labyrinth is very, very popular right now. It's become, it's an ancient tool, but it's become particularly popular in the last 10 years. You'll see them popping up, being built at hospitals, schools, churches of all denominations, parks, and a lot of other public places. So a labyrinth facilitator is someone like myself who who learns about labyrinths and not only what they mean, but how to use them and then guides people, individuals, or groups in the use of the labyrinth. So a typical labyrinth experience would be where you take a moment before you enter the labyrinth, get yourself grounded. You might ask a question, set an intention. An intention is just maybe, you know, how you want the experience to be. And you begin to slowly walk on the path that is in front of you until you get to the center. And because the Because the labyrinth, it's not concentric circles. The path may wind in different directions, but it's still all ultimately going to the same place. So you really can't, you don't always know whether how close you are to the center or to the beginning, which more forces you to kind of just focus on one step in front of the other to be very mindful and to focus on what you're doing. So there are three parts to a labyrinth walk. Usually there's you know lots of different ways to use it, but the path in is there are three R's. The path in is releasing. So on your walk in, you're releasing anything that no longer serves you that you don't want in your life. You're just kind of letting it go. You get to the center of the circle. It's an opportunity for you to just open up and receive any messages that are there for you, any insights of any type. And then on the path back, you are returning or assimilating back into your regular life. And sometimes it's just a peaceful, relaxing experience, but sometimes people get incredible insights in the course of walking the labyrinth mindfully. So that's a that's you know just a very quick experience. I've met many people and I was probably one of them originally who had encountered labyrinths somewhere, walked them, but didn't really understand what they were about or if there was anything I should or shouldn't be doing. So I'm really very excited today to to have some knowledge about labyrinths and how to use them and then facilitate usually group walks on labyrinths. And World Labyrinth Day is the first Saturday of May. So for two consecutive years now, I've had hosted a program called Nurses Walking for Wellness. I I lead the group in my local area, but I encourage nurses all around the world to have something similar in their area on that same day. So I say we're walking for ourselves, for our profession, and for our patients and for the world. That's Wow, that's that's a lot to take in, but that's so incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's hard um, to give like a real a simple explanation. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I'll tell you what a facilitator does. There's also a website called Labyrinth Locator. 
and I believe it's .com, labyrinthlocator.com, so that you can you can type in your town, your state, your zip code, and you can find out if there are any registered labyrinths in the area. There may be some that aren't on our website, but the, I've, I've actually found some great labyrinths through that website. Excellent. I'll include that in the show notes. I'm curious to find, I'm about to, in like the next... 20 days, I'll be moving from Minneapolis to Chicago. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious to, to see what what's going on in that general area. So and that's good you mentioned that because the labyrinth is, it's a great thing to do when you're in any sort of time of transition. It's something good to do with the change of seasons, maybe on your birthday, the beginning of a new year. My birthday Some, is right before my move. So okay, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Maybe, plus, maybe uh, this wait, is my call to plus summer, sol- summer solstice is coming mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. also later this month. And some people walk the labyrinth in honor of, or in memory of someone I've had whole f- families who come together and walk a labyrinth together in memory of someone who has passed on. There's lots of different ways that people use the labyrinth. I'm so glad I asked you that question. I feel like there, you know, there's a reason that these things happen. There's a reason these burning Definitely. questions come at us. Yeah. Um, so that that seems like a very interesting role because, you know, as as nurses, I often the word facilitator to me comes back to my practice a lot because for a very long time, I worked with patients that were at end of life. And so, of course, there's a lot of emotion that comes around that. There's a lot that goes on at any point in the lifespan, but very specifically during end of life. And I, one of the ways that I helped keep my emotions in check when I was at the bedside was to remember that I am a facilitator of an experience in a lot of ways. And so there is room for my emotion, my compassion. But as a facilitator, as you know, it is not about your experience. It is about the experience of those that you are leading or with or guiding or whatever, whatever appropriate word you use. And so I think it's really interesting that that you talk about this because as a facilitator like we're facilitators in so many different roles you know and so that doesn't mean that we erase or eliminate our own experiences or our own emotions thoughts preferences whatever but it does mean that we need to make sure that we are remembering what our purpose is in that moment yeah and we're, i think guides yeah absolutely absolutely and i think that that's that's something that i feel a facilitator seems like kind of a generic word or you know like a job or, you know, like I'm a facilitator, but it's so much more than that. And since we are kind of talking about experiences and spirituality and awakenings and transition, I feel like your role overall has been that of a facilitator. And you are very much facilitating for me because I've been trying to consume a lot of your content recently. I mean, I've I've known about you for quite some time, for years, since er, er, the early days of my practice. And now that, you know, we were, we've decided to have this conversation together, I decided to accelerate that and kind of listen to some more of your, your talks. I want to talk about your most recent book, which... Forgive me if I'm getting the timeline wrong, but the is 
falling together? At what point, which, where in line of the four does that fall in? Because I want to talk about your first year as a nurse, mm -hmm. but before we get to that, I want to yeah. talk about falling together just briefly. Sure. So falling um, together is the fourth book that I wrote. Okay. Okay. And my first three books. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Are there... I wrote them for nurses. They're about career and professional development. Actually, anybody could benefit from them, but I did write them specifically for nurses. Falling Together, I wrote for anyone. And Falling Together, the subtitle is How to Find Balance, Joy, and Meaningful Change When Your Life Seems to Be Falling Apart. If I had to put it in a word, it's about resilience, but it's really about facing life's challenges. And rather than letting them knock you down and knock you out, um, be, being able to learn from them, build something and come back stronger and move on. So uh, the book is re often referred to as a self-help memoir. It's not pure memoir. It's not just all stories of mine, but I do share some of my personal experiences in there, not because you may have had my exact experience, but hopefully you can glean lessons learned from the experiences that I've had and the lessons that I've learned. And I do summarize at the end of each chapter because my purpose in writing the book was not for people to learn about me. The purpose was to help other people and to navigate their way through, through their own challenges in life. So at the end of every chapter, I summarize lessons learned from that particular chapter in a more general way. I you know abstract them from my own story that I might have told. And I do talk about getting going through a terrible divorce years ago. I talk about being a family caregiver to my current amazing husband who is very disabled with MS and with some other things that happened. I talk about a great lack of self-confidence and other things early in my life. Talk about getting started in business, writing and speaking, because sometimes people, we do, we tend to do this with people that we perceive are successful. We see them in what we perceive as their success bubble. And we think, well, I could never be like them because they obviously have it all going on and they're confident and they, whatever. But the person I am today is because of everything that I have done before, and especially the last 27 years as a nurse entrepreneur, I was a very different person 27 years ago, and certainly when I got started in nursing. So we learn and we grow and we move forward. And I want people to know that I've had some big, not only big challenges in my life, there have been times when I have just had almost total lack of self-confidence and really didn't believe that I could ever, you know, do any of the things that I was doing today. So 
that's part of the reason I, I share that. I have always loved reading biographies of people that I admire. And what I what I always I, I would read them initially, I would think, oh, I'd, I'd really like to hear more about their life. But what I learned by reading so many biographies is that everybody who has achieved anything in their life that uh, let's just say that I personally admire, they have overcome incredible obstacles and had amazing challenges that I didn't know about. It was something maybe that wasn't public knowledge or whatever. And I'd be like, wow, you know, I just assumed that the road was paved for them with gold. And and that's why they're so successful. So, you know, when you hear those stories, I think it gives any of us a pause to think, okay, you know, then maybe I can do this too. And some of us, again, we live in a you know, we kind of keep to ourselves. We live a very isolated or a somewhat isolated existence. We don't maybe share our stories or our experiences, and we think that we're the only one. So I wanted to give voice to my experience so that I could also speak up for others who maybe don't have the courage, don't have the words, don't have the opportunity to let their own voice be heard. I'm hoping that people will read it and say, oh my gosh, I know exactly how she felt in that situation because I have felt that way also. Maybe different circumstances, but I have also felt like that. So, and then, you know, how to be able to move forward in spite of it or with it. So much of what you just said, like I'm biting through my tongue to not be like, yes, yes, that is it. That is it. Because it again comes back to that collective knowledge of nursing. Mm -hmm. We may not be walking the exact same footsteps, but we all have these these situations or these instances where we listen to someone talk about their own experience and they're like, I've felt that way. I've been through that. And we don't, you know, we don't see what goes on inside of people's experiences, especially when we see people that, like you said, have become successful. We think they've always been this confident, eloquent, you know, powerhouse of a person. But a phrase that I, I've heard a lot lately in the last few months is it only takes 10 years to become an overnight success. <sighs> and that that is so true. And I think that that's so important for young nurses to hear, new nurses, regardless of age or career trajectory. And I think it's also important for nurses to hear that that are, you know, deep into their careers, knowing that you're not stuck, you're not isolated. You're not alone. There are so many other people that have had similar experiences, similar emotions. And if we talk about these things and we talk about how we handle them, how we struggle, how we stumble and how we then fall together, then Mm -hmm. we have at least some kind of like blueprint or indication that there's like a way out of this labyrinth, right? This like ability. Oh, well, 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 yeah, let's not say labyrinth because the well, labyrinth. Let's not say is, labyrinth. That's is, different. That's not, different. You're not lost in the labyrinth. You I don't want to cross metaphor. You could say in the maze. In the maze. Yes. Yes. You maybe people get those. those very different. Yeah. Very different. And I'm still learning. So pardon yeah. my slip. No, no, no. That's um, okay. I just wanted to, I just wanted to. Yeah, clarify. no, clarification. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that. It's interesting that you've come to me at this period of time. And I say that because, you know, of course, I've I've consumed your content. I've listened to the things you have to say. But it's interesting that we're connecting now because now I feel like I have... I used to read a lot, but I read a lot of nonfiction. I don't read as much as I used to, but I'm starting to collect the small stack of books that I want to read. And your book is in there. 
Now you have another book that I would like to speak about, one that was just released. You released it during Nurses Week, is that correct? Well, it was a third edition of my a third first edition. book, okay. actually. Yes, yes, it was Forgive launched. me, forgive my... Launched, no, no forgiveness needed. It was launched officially on May 10th. The title is Your First Year as a Nurse, Making the Transition from Total Novice to Successful Professional. The first edition was the very first book that I wrote way back when. I believe it was released in 2000 or 2001. And I originally wrote that book, that first edition, because I was getting calls from many new nurses who were saying, since I was teaching non-traditional and other nursing paths, newer nurses were calling me and saying, Donna, I'm not cut out for this profession. It's not what I expected. I don't think I can do this. What else is there for me out there? And I would initially say to them, okay, well, let's talk first about what's going on right now. What, what's going on that you feel you're not cut out for this and all. And everything they would relate to me was exactly the same experience that we all have when we're new nurses. But that reality shock of going from nursing education into becoming a licensed professional nurse is a, it's, it's a real shock when you get out there, no longer under the protective wing of your instructor, for example. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to write a book to better prepare new nurses to get acclimated to their new profession and to not only describe a lot of experiences, but I asked of many, many new nurses, I wanted to hear, I wanted to identify what their top 10 challenges were as new nurses. And then I wanted to address those and give them ways to their way around them. And I also say that it, the book is all the things they don't have time to teach us in nursing school that we need to be successful in nursing. And that's in no way a slam against our nurse educators. Our nurse, Without our nurse educators, none of us would be nurses, but they are required in the allotted amount of time and resources that they have primarily to prepare us for their they have to prepare us for entry to practice. They have to prepare us to pass that NCLEX RN or that NCLEX, that NCLEX LPN, depending on what you're going for, exam. And so that's what takes up the time. There are still so many other things that we need to learn, like assimilating into your new work unit, communicating with physicians, staying positive and upbeat in the midst of negativity and chaos. Not that nursing is negativity and chaos, but we all find ourselves in those situations at, at different times. So those are just some of the examples of things that I address in the book. And as I say, it's a lot of things that we did not learn in nursing school. And the book, I wanted to make the book light and easy to read because a new nurse has just gone through so much clinical and textbook reading. It's not oh, yeah. another textbook. I wanted it to be very commercial, meaning it was easy to read and digest and absorb. And I do, the book is not a collection of quotes from others as some other books are for new nurses. However, I did interview a lot of both new nurses and seasoned nurses, as well as nursing instructors, nurse recruiters, any anyone else that's involved in the life of a nurse. And I do have some short stories and some quotes and tips that I share from them. So it's not just all the Cardillo method or what I have to say about it, but I really collected the best wisdom from everyone. And so the second edition of the book came out around 2011, 2012, something like that. 
The book is published by Penguin Random House, which is a very large publisher, which is fabulous. And then so much has changed, of course, in the last 10 years, naturally. And so they asked me if I would do a third edition of the book, which just came out in May. And because the original book was written 20 years ago, there were there was a lot of revision that needed to be made. And I added on three brand new chapters. First of all, I interviewed, I always interview a lot of new nurses for another revision, but I was particularly interested in speaking to new nurses who started their careers in the midst of the pandemic, because that is a unique experience in history for any nurse to have been part of, but especially for someone starting their practice. And so I tell a few of those stories in short form in the book and just honestly just blew me away. Not not just their experiences, were, which were unbelievable, but their, their stamina, their resilience, their altruism, their intelligence. It just, just really blew me away and, and continues to inspire me and renew my faith in future generations of nurses. So the three new chapters that I added that weren't previously in the book, one chapter is titled something like The Empowered Nurse. And it's really about how to use your voice, how to be assertive, how to become very well acquainted with yourself, your skills, and how to best use them. Another chapter is all about resilience. And resilience is not just pushing yourself until you collapse. Resilience is developing a a strong inner core, a spiritual core that really is going to help you weather the toughest times, but that is going to help you to recover and then become stronger and and to move forward. We all are going to have challenges in our lives, both professionally and personally, and resilience is a very important skill. And then the third chapter is all about mindfulness, mindfulness and practice. And Mindfulness has been a very popular subject in the world for a long time, but it's absolutely critical part of a great nursing practice. So those are the new chapters that I added. Yeah, and the book is available today anywhere books are sold. If I, I'm a big supporter of local booksellers, you know, especially your your community, your small private booksellers, and you know, there's lots of ways to buy books these days, but if they don't carry the book, any of them can order the book for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And my, my, my significant other is a librarian. And mm. so we are always not just looking to obtain books for ourselves and get others to buy books, but mm-hmm. we're also, if you see that there's a lot of people don't know this, if you, if your local library does not have a book or does not have a current edition of a book, you can ask them to buy it. And oftentimes, if they know there's a demand for it, they will buy it. So I just like to throw that out to my listeners every chance I get, because we want people to purchase your book. Absolutely. We also want people who maybe don't have access to it to, to have access to it. Through yeah, the library. no, that's a great point. And I am a huge cheerleader of the public library and of librarians. I've even written an article about it and I talk about it. I, I'm sure I even mention it several times in my book because because there are just, um, and I'm glad you mentioned that because many people don't know that, but some people don't even know what's that there's a research librarian available to them. Even in many healthcare organizations, we have a health sciences librarian. So there's so many resources out there. And yes, there's always a way to get the information that you need. There's many different ways. We want your books everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I think so much of what you're sharing is important and obviously needs to be shared. So I want to make sure that new nurses 
well, all nurses really that are listening to this understand that that what you are doing, that what I look up to, what I admire is achievable for us. It's like you say, mm-hmm. you just oh, need to absolutely. keep moving forward in a positive direction. Yeah. And I'd like to hear before we wrap up, I'd like to hear if you have any thoughts or advice for nurses that maybe really are kind of feeling the pressure. You know, we've had wave after wave of pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, resilience and mindfulness are very important. And it's more than just the superficial stuff that we've talked about, you know, the pushing to exhaustion, the, you know, unhealthy coping mechanisms or things that maybe are thought of to be resilience, but are not. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of thoughts for nurses that maybe are struggling right now and are struggling to like find that, that place of positivity for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, it's important to understand that, I mean, there's so many things I would love to say right now. So let me let me try to condense it as best I can. We, in particular, in nursing work in a profession where we are putting out a lot of energy, physical, emotional, and spiritual energy. And when you have that kind of output, you have to just as passionately work on replenishing that energy. We're human beings. We're not machines. We'll break, we'll break down. And uh, self-care is not self-indulgence, it's self-respect. Self-care is akin to eating and sleeping. It's that important. So when we are working, whether we're new or we're experienced, whether we've just gone through a hard time or things are going along, however, we have to uh make time to do things that not only care for us and nurture us, but that give us joy and build that inner spiritual core. So that includes having fun diversionary activities that you do outside of work. It includes taking breaks in the course of your workday and not sitting at your computer and eating lunch or returning phone calls, but stepping outside for a few minutes, even just getting some fresh air or whatever. It's spending time with friends and laughing and having a good time. It's definitely walking or, you know, walking your dog, things like that. I mean, there's, there's so many things involved in self-care. I write about this in both my book, Falling Together, and I also write it about it, write about it in your first year as a nurse. So we have to periodically disengage or step back from what we're doing to recharge our batteries in a whole variety of ways, whatever brings us joy and peace and fun and laughter and rest so that we can more passionately re-engage in our work. That's, it's not optional. It's not a luxury. It's not pampering. It's not a reward. It's routine maintenance for the body, the mind, and the spirit. The other thing is nurses who feel that they're powerless or stuck or whatever, and and people, we all fall into a rut periodically in our life or our work. You're never stuck anywhere. As we mentioned earlier, there are unlimited opportunities, but it doesn't even mean that you have to change jobs. Look for opportunity. You always want to be learning and growing. So in your current place of employment, look to get on a committee of some sort that interests you, not out of any sense of loyalty to your employer, but do it for what's in it for you. You may learn that something new, you'll learn something maybe that you're good at, you'll get feedback, or maybe you'll even learn something that you don't want to do. But committee work is a great thing to do to, to 
develop yourself personally and professionally. And just because we don't have endless time, the other thing I want to say is it's very important to join and get active in your nursing professional associations, because it is through our associations that we create community in nursing. And without that community, you may survive, but you will never thrive in this profession. So that includes the American Nurses Association, the national as well as the state chapter. It includes your specialty associations, whether it's the Academy of Medical Surgical Nurses or the American Holistic Nurses Association or whatever that might be. And then there are organizations such as the Association of Nurse Leaders. You don't have to have an official leadership title to belong to that. In the back of my book, your first year as a nurse, in fact, I have extensive resources listed as well as links to learn about those associations because I am amazed at how many even experienced nurses don't realize all the associations that are out there or that there's an association related to their specialty. You, that's how you meet people, right? That's how you. Well, it's also how you meet people, but you also absolutely, and you have to be plugged into a pipeline of information. Things mm-hmm. are rapidly changing. Oh yeah, not, oh, not yes. just clinical expertise, but but legal issues, licensing issues, just so many different things. So you've got to be plugged in to a pipeline of information to to stay on top of everything true. that's happening. So true. Yes, yeah. that is such valuable information. I mean, even I can benefit from that. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, I, no, go ahead, go ahead. I just wanted to mention one thing because I know we're almost out of time. And I mentioned earlier that I do retreats for nurses. Yes, you know, yes. this is part of self-care, but it's also me finding some things that bring me joy in my life. I do periodic, I have several weekend long retreats for nurses every year. Those are all on my website under the events tab. And I do a program called Empowered Nurse. Uh, enlightened practice. And I, I think I mentioned this earlier and when I was introducing myself, but I have one coming up in September at the beautiful Canyon Ranch in Lenox, Massachusetts, which is nestled in the Berkshire Mountains there. I do them at different locations, but that's something to check out as well. And that is a great way to not only disengage for a couple of days, really nurture yourself, but to be with a community of like-minded nurses. And it's, it's life-changing for everyone who comes. Sounds wonderful. Donna, will you give us your website again? Absolutely. Now you might want to write this down because it's tricky. It's <laughs> DonnaCardillo.com. Just kidding about the tricky part. <laughs> DonnaCardillo.com. I wanted to make it easy to remember. And uh, yeah, I have a, a new design on my website. We just launched that within the last couple of months. And on my website, if you click on the nurses tab there, there's a whole huge resources of articles, totally free articles for new nurses, experienced nurses, everything in between personal and professional development, career development. There's even a free webinar there about the language of nursing, how we speak about ourselves and our work. I have a a long, long page of books by nurse authors. I have a long, long page of nurse entrepreneurs because I am also an advocate for the profession and I want to have all that information available. There are lots more there too and we add other things periodically. So I also post on social media every day. That's Um, where I see you. That's where I found you. I love it. I have a personal Facebook page. Feel free to friend me there. I have a Facebook page for nurses. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Every day I post something positive, uplifting, inspirational. That's another way to stay uplifted because we have so much negativity around us and we want to expose ourselves to as much 
positivity and inspiration. We all have to do it. We're naturally negative by nature. We need that positive influence in our life every day. That's absolutely true. I will link all of that in the show notes. I want people you. to I find your work. That. Absolutely. Yeah, and people can sign up to be on my website too. And, and you'll learn about, you know, any new books I have coming out, events coming up in your area, when I have something else new that comes out. But by all means, follow me on social media. And I welcome your listeners to get in touch with me if they would like to speak to me. I am, I am open to phone calls. My phone never rings anymore. Not because I don't have any business, but everybody <laughs> likes to use the keyboard mm-hmm. these days. But I'm, I'm totally open to a five or 10 minute phone conversation. We can actually get a lot done in a five or 10 minute phone conversation, more so than we can messaging back and forth or emailing. And if anybody ever reaches out to me and I don't get back to you, it's not because I purposely ignored you. I do sometimes get a lot of messages and it's hard to keep track of them all. So follow up, that's a big lesson for life. If you wanna get in touch with somebody and they don't respond to you, then you follow up with them. There's an expression that says the fortune is in the follow-up. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that I followed up with you because this has been a wonderful (laughs) conversation. I am so grateful that you came to talk to me and my audience today. And I hope that we get to do it again. I will be definitely reading your book. I've already gleaned so much from this conversation just today. And I've taken little notes for myself. So I'm very excited to follow up with some of these things. And again, thank you so much. Wonderful. Um, It's been my pleasure. All my best to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And everyone, please go to nursingoncensored.com. Check out the website for past posts, episodes, blog posts, all sorts of content that I have accrued there. So thank you again for listening. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Please remember to stay inspired. Thank you, Donna. My pleasure. Thank you. The Nursing Uncensored podcast, like nursing itself, can be intense. We don't censor, but we do protect. Private health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA. We're not talking about you, your meemaw, your boss's wife, or anyone you might know. Also, we're real health professionals trying to give you factual information. However, you are responsible for doing your own research and not taking anything we say as medical advice. The opinions expressed here are the responsibility of the person expressing them and do not reflect those of our employers, educational, or professional institutions. I hope you learned something, laughed a little, and that you'll come back.